Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and thank you for listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on LivingWealthyRadio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. I am Teresa Kuhn, helping you live wealthier. Resources are available for you at LivingWealthyRadio.com. Are you always looking for ways to save money or protect your current assets? Are you the budgeting type or could you use a little help managing your personal finances? Do you have a specific plan or strategy in place to achieve your financial goals? Or are you just hoping and praying it will all work out? Well, if you can use some advice on managing your money, today's show is for you. Our guest, Whitney Morrison, is a certified financial planner and financial wellness coach with over eight years' experience helping clients build and protect their wealth. Her passion is helping people transform their relationship with money to live happy, healthy lives, and she's here to share with us just how to do that. Welcome to Living Wealthy Radio, Whitney. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited that not only are you on Living Wealthy Radio Show, but you're also joining our team on Living Wealthy Financial bringing your passion for coaching people, financial wellness coaching, to our clients. So excited about this partnership. Yeah, me too. It's such a, it's such a great fit, and I'm just excited to know you and be joining your team. I'm, it's, it's an honor, and it's going to be really fun. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we could all use some financial wellness coaching. And how did you decide to pursue a career in finance? Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, this is a funny question for me. I think if you would have asked me three or four years ago, why did you decide to pursue a career in finance? I would have told you things like, oh, I was really great at math growing up. My mom was in banking. Money was always something that I was really interested in. And all those things really are true. But I think what's really come up for me over the past few years is I found out that I pursued finance and a career in money because I actually needed the most healing in money, which is really interesting. I think my whole life, I kind of grew up feeling poor. And and when I was really starting to go into my relationship with money and why I wanted to pursue money, it was because I was constantly fighting that feeling of, of, of being poor and just wanting to get past that. So it's been a really interesting thing for me to look back. Okay. Yeah. I've always been good at numbers. I've always been good at helping people, things like that. But like my deep seated thing is I was trying to heal my own relationship with money, which has also come out in the work that I do for people now through finance. So anyway, well, I think that you figured that out at a young age, right, at, yeah. at an early place in your career, because I think that's true for many people. They choose careers, especially when it comes to helping people, because they're their first patient. They're their first client, right? They're the ones that need to figure stuff out for themselves. 
like right. therapists and social workers, right? You know, so many of them mm-hmm. say, I needed healing, so I went into this area because I was trying to figure out my childhood or my background. And um, mm-hmm. so, that you know, kudos to you for figuring that out early. Yeah, and, yeah, thank you. And so you decided to pursue the career in finance and went the traditional route to start with, and recently you've gotten into the financial educational Right, right, yeah. So I, I did. I right out of college, I started working at a big broker dealer, and I wouldn't take back starting there. I learned so much about the financial services industry. I had a great mentor when I was there. Learned the ins and outs of investing. Not so much protection at that point in my career, but I was learning the ins and outs of investing. And I also learned a lot about the the financial industry and how it's structured. And I think one thing that became really clear to me is, one, it was challenging for me to really help people in the way that I thought that they needed to be helped. And two, that my main, my main goal working through these institutions was, was sales. So anyway, it was, a, it was a great place for me to start. I got a lot of great education and background information, but it, it wasn't the place that I really wanted to land to actually build out the way that I wanted to make the biggest impact in people's lives with their money. So yeah, I learned a lot through that experience and also where I need to be going now, which, which is working, you know, a little bit closer with you and, and through financial education primarily. Hmm. So tell us what broker dealer means because a lot of people don't understand what that means. So uh, broker-dealer is basically a big wirehouse, which a big, big bank. So think of the Wells Fargo's, the, the Chase's, the, the Morgan Stanley's of the world. And so essentially you are working for them, selling their products, offering their services. So there isn't a lot of space for you, and this was my experience at a broker-dealer, to really be able to help people in the way that didn't involve their services and products. I would say that's the best way that I could describe a big broker-dealer. And, you know, my background was very similar. I worked for a brokerage firm. At that time, it wasn't called a broker-dealer per se, and had the exact same experience. In fact, I'm so grateful for that experience because it was exactly, I, I knew exactly what I didn't want and exactly the kind of relationship I didn't want with clients, Uh, Mm -hmm. and that's what eventually led me to offer the kind of services that I do to my clients today. I learned very early on that I wanted nothing to do with clients losing money, that I wanted to be client-centric instead of broker-dealer, Wall Street-centric, right? It was about Mm -hmm. the client and doing things that were best for the client as opposed to pushing products and and strategies that didn't serve the client. I mean, there are strategies out there, you know, in in the financial world, that's what you've got, right? Those are just tools of the trade. But how can we use those tools for the benefit of the client? And that takes on a different philosophy, which is how we met because our philosophy were very much aligned. Even though we had a right. similar background, we came to the same place, to the same conclusion. Yeah, and I, 
I love that you mentioned that because that's exactly, I mean, when I was working at a broker dealer, I will never forget. I just kept asking myself, it was, it was this thing where I, I was new to the industry. I was hungry to learn. So at first it was really all that I knew, but I kept trying to pull back the curtain and I would pull back the curtain and I would just find that there was nothing there and that people were actually getting themselves in situations that they had no idea how much risk they were taking. They had no idea the actual needs that they had for the future. And all they knew is they had this person sitting across from them that seemed to know more than they did and that seemed to have a great solution for them and that that, that was the place that they needed to put their money. And I remember one day distinctly my partner was out of town and it was a day that the stock market had fell. I think it was something like 500 points, five to 900 points. And the phones were just blasting. I mean, people were just freaking out left and right. And I picked up the call to talk to one of our clients and he was about to have a really big surgery. And he was literally on it. I felt like I was his lifeline trying to talk to this man who was going, who had cash needs that he was had coming up and all of his money was invested and had just dropped a significant amount. And I just remember sitting there taking that phone call and saying to myself, I wouldn't put my mom's money in this. <laughs> I wouldn't put someone I care their money in this. How am I going to continue to build a career in this space. So there were some big lessons there starting my career working, working now on the stock market. You know, there's a saying about connecting dots. I think Steve Jobs said it beautifully at a commencement speech that's on YouTube if anybody wants to look it up. And he talks about how connecting the dots when you're making choices in life, right? You have no idea how those choices are going to impact your life. But if you're looking from today backwards and see the choices and the decisions that you made and the path that you took, you can connect the dots and see how it got you to where you are today and how there was a bigger purpose in all of it. And like you, what I saw, I worked for a boutique Wall Street firm, big producers, I, I was part of a team, and what I saw there horrified me, and I knew I wanted nothing to do with clients losing money. And because mm-hmm. of that very early experience, I can connect the dots backwards. I had no idea, right, that that experience was going to lead me to where I am today. Just like you, you had no idea that that experience was going to lead you to where you are today. And here we are educating clients and implementing strategies that serve clients without risk. And it's, it's just a really cool thing to connect the dots backwards. Yeah. And I certainly feel so much more comfortable and even powerful as a planner, being able to provide solutions in that realm versus the crapshoot that I was dealing with beforehand. But genuinely at the time I was in a learning phase, but like you said, I'm so, I'm thankful that I was able to learn those lessons early and be able to really kind of reroute and, and start doing planning for people that, that feels really solid. Mm, Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. how do you suggest someone begin to explore their relationship with money? There's so, money is such an emotional issue. I don't, I don't know that people really realize how much, how much emotion 
is linked to how they spend money and their relationship with money. Um, what are your thoughts in that regard? Because I know you put a lot of time and energy into, into that line of thinking. Yeah, so I think it really goes, first off, it's the, an awareness that just like you said, money is emotional. And at the end of the day, what we do with our money, how it, it how it lives out in our lives and our relationships and the way we feel when we're making a big purchase or the way we feel when we're going out to dinner. I mean, it truly does. It's constantly impacting us. And I think the first step is to just create more of an awareness around what money is and how it transfers, not only from, okay, I'm going to buy this, but how does it impact my stress and my health and my well-being? So starting there and then kind of looking at what exactly do I believe about money? I really, I have an exercise that I work with people through. It's called a money belief blueprint. And I ask them open-ended question. I just ask them to fill in the blank. Okay, I'm going to give you a few words and then you give me your definition. And it's so incredibly powerful to understand what people really think about money, what people think about what it is to be financially free, all of these things and all of your beliefs and all these things that you've been taught or the things that you feel really start to come out. And if you can look at those, it's, it's kind of like you got to pick it up before you can put it down. If you can pick it up, look at it, then you actually are in a position where you can begin to put it down. And so the first step for me is like I said, creating awareness and then starting to look at, okay, what do I believe to be true about money? And it's a fascinating process. I, I, it's my favorite uh, exercise that I do with, with clients mm. around. And, and there's so much connection between someone's belief about money and where they are in terms of, of wealth, right? Even wealthy people don't necessarily have good beliefs, empowering, abundant beliefs around money, right? Just because you have money doesn't mean you've got healthy beliefs. You can have limiting beliefs around money and still be wealthy and not be free. Oh, certainly. I mean, when I was talking at the very beginning of the podcast about me feeling poor growing up, if a little alien were to have dropped down into my life as a child they would have seen someone who lived in a nice home and had dinner on the table every night and had nice clothes to wear to school and had a, a nice car to drive when they were able to get a car. I mean, all those things were there for me, but it was truly how I felt. And I have worked with people in all different economic statuses. And it's very fascinating because there are certainly people who even have like you said, are wealthy and are financially successful, but are still feeling like they aren't or feeling so stressed about money. Um, so you're, it's very true. It's, it's not just limited to people that don't have, are in a great financial situation. Hmm. So you did something about um, this whole issue that you found, the emotional relationship with money, and you put together a course um, for financial empowerment. Tell us a little about it. 
Yeah, it's, uh, I started a, an, a course for people to take on as kind of a, a preliminary step to, to creating a money plan. And it really, it really starts to look at things like what is my money mindset? What do I believe about money? How can I, how can I identify my limiting beliefs around money and transform them into something more powerful, which I believe is a huge, huge factor in happiness, health, and success, transforming those beliefs. And then really starting to look at how can I design a money plan that's built off of these abundant beliefs and this, and this, this life that actually represents the things that I truly value and care about. So it starts with an exploration and then it leads into actually setting up a money plan for yourself. And at the very end, at the very, very end of all that is when we look at things like investing and, and some of the protection things, but we always begin with money mindset and, and how you interact with money in your day-to-day life. You know, I think when people, if, if, if people look at how money works, if you make more than you spend, you get into debt. I, I mean, it's very simple, but still there are millions of people in debt, right? So it's not just a black and white logical issue. It truly, there's something more to it. And so the course addresses those things and and allows people to, to dive into that exploration. Well, it goes back to your thinking, right? Your beliefs, how you Mm -hmm. believe about something is going to affect your actions and the actions that you take are going to affect your results. And if somebody's in debt, it goes back to their behavior, which is spending more, more than they make. And that comes from how they're thinking about money, their relationship with money. There's got to be a shift in that thinking. And yes, there are exceptions to that rule. There are circumstances that happen that, you know, put people in debt or whatever. But the bottom line, you know, from the behavior expert perspective, Parkinson, he had a law that was, for those that don't know, Parkinson's Dr. Parkinson was a behavior scientist, and he recognized certain behavior in people, especially in economics, and he recognized the fact that income or expenses and spending um, rises to the level of income. You know, somebody gets a raise, right? Somebody is living off of $50,000 a year. They get a raise to $60,000 a year, and all of a sudden, the spending rises to the level of, of their income, and actually... It exceeds the level of income for many, many people. And this is just driven by behavior, the thought behavior for many people, not for everybody, but for many people. And your course, Whitney, absolutely focuses on that and focuses on changing the beliefs so the behavior can be different, so the result can be different. And that result is, of course, financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Our desires will all can and will always exceed the amount of money that we have. It doesn't matter how much you have coming in. And it's, it truly is about, well, one money mindset exploration and having a great, a great money plan and one that's properly protected as well. So huge proponent of that. If you can leave our audience today with one practical thought about managing their money, what would that be? I would leave your audience with letting them know 
that a strong foundation in financial education is a great place to begin. There are a lot of people out there that are wanting to sell you a lot of things and they're wanting to tell you a lot of things you should be doing with your money. Just rewind just a little bit. Start from the place of I'm going to explore the way that I deal with my money, the way that I handle my money. Then I'm going to create a money plan that actually represents that. And you would be amazed at the amount of financial success you will experience if you just start there instead of just abdicating all of your money to some planner or some person that's trying to sell you something. Just really understand your financial relationship. Allow yourself to be your your biggest financial advocate and then start looking at, okay, where are the responsible places that I need to be putting my money? Mm. Well said. Very well said. Well, there you have it. The first step to financial mastery is exploring and knowing your relationship with your money. Once you reach that understanding, yes, you can take practical steps to growing and protecting your wealth through strategic budgeting, saving, investing, and, of course, the strategies that we work with at Living Wealthy. Whitney, thank you so much for joining us today. And our listeners can find out more about the courses that you're offering on livingwealthyfinancial.com website and your website as well. Do you want to give our listeners that information? Yeah, sure. My website is www.powermint.us. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Living Wealthy Radio and looking forward to working together for a long time to come. Thank you so much, Teresa. You've been listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. Download or subscribe to our podcast to hear a new show every week. I am Teresa Kuhn, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I show you ways to live wealthier. Resources are available for you on our website at livingwealthyradio.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.